Thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. Learning and Memorizing Ritual by Worshipful Mark Wax. This article was published as a brochure with this introduction by Right Worshipful Bill Thomas, Past Master, Shakespeare Lodge, Number 750, New York City. Our ritual work is the life's blood of Freemasonry. It is what sets us apart from every other fraternal and charitable society in existence. In this essay, Worshipful Brother Wax reveals what every actor learns and what every lodge officer should know. There is almost nothing I could add to this excellent explanation of how to learn our ritual. If you give this an honest try, and are careful not to skip to the next step before mastering the previous ones, you will be a skilled ritualist. You will enjoy doing the ritual work, and most importantly, your candidates will be moved and will learn something of the heart of Freemasonry from your presentations. Please feel free to copy this article to share with your lodge officers. One of the problems that most often plagues Masonry is poor ritual. By this I don't just mean getting the words wrong, I mean ritual that is drab and uninspiring, which fails to actually teach candidate. Ritual is often mediocre, and it doesn't have to be. Anyone can do ritual well, provided he knows a little about acting. It isn't hard, actually. It's mostly a matter of knowing how to do it, plus a lot of practice. Or as we like to say, rehearsal. This article is intended to impart some guidelines on how to do good ritual. It doesn't demand a lot of time or any particular talent, just a little drive to do well. Read it and play with it. With some practice, you should be able to use these techniques to good effect in your lodge. The course is specifically aimed at dealing with the longer speeches, but much of it is also relevant to shorter pieces. I commend it to junior officers. This is adapted from a lecture that I worked up for my own lodge. Having done that, I figured I should try to spread these tips around for the common wheel of the craft. Caveat, I do assume that you have some kind of cipher book with encoded ritual. If your jurisdiction doesn't use this, you'll have to adapt these lessons. Number one, figure out the words. The first step of learning any ritual is to know what you're saying. This should be obvious, but is often overlooked, because brethren are afraid to admit that they don't already know the right words. Don't be afraid to admit your own limits. I've never met anyone who gets every single word right every time. Start out by listening to someone say the speech, preferably several times. You should be doing this the entire previous year, listening to your predecessor. Listen carefully and make sure you understand what's being said. Ask questions if you don't, after lodge of course. Next, go through your cipher or codebook carefully and see how much you can read. Mark words that you can't figure out or that you're unsure of. This is the point to catch any mistakes you may be making. Then call or get together with a ritualist or a reliable past master and talk through it, reading out of the book slowly. Have him correct any mistakes and fill in the words you don't know. Take notes, preferably somewhere other than in the book, because you will forget the corrections as soon as you're on your own. Number two, understand the speech. This step gets overlooked even more often than the previous one. 
Read through the ritual a couple of times and make sure you really grasp it. Don't just know the words. Know what it's talking about. Find out who the characters being talked about are. Again, ask questions. Now, start trying to understand the speech structurally. Any ritual is made up of components, separate pieces that are linked together. For example, a section may be talking about symbols with three paragraphs per symbol, concrete meaning, abstract meaning, and purpose. Figure out what these pieces are. You'll use them later. The next step is especially useful for long speeches. Visualize the speech. Any speech can be thought of in terms of movements, places, rooms, stuff like that. Words are hard to remember in order. Places are easy. The canonical example is the Middle Chamber Lecture, which walks through King Solomon's Temple. That's no accident. The path is easily visualized and makes a good example of how to learn ritual, which is probably why it's the first major speech an officer learns. This is why we use symbols in the first place, because they are easy to learn and internalize. Use them. 3A. Small-scale memorization. This is never anyone's favorite part. Anyone can do it, but no one finds it simple. It's considerably easier if you do it right, though. Start out by reading the speech over and over. Don't move on to the next step until you can read it from the cipher quickly, without breaks or hesitation. Read it out loud when you get the chance. This step is particularly important and skipped more often than any other. Don't skip it. This is how you get your brain and mouth trained to the words. It may sound silly, but it really matters. The mental pathways used to talk are distinct from those used to read. Now, start trying to learn sentences. Just sentences. Read the first word or two of the sentence, then try to fill in the remainder from memory. Don't fret if you can't do it immediately. It will probably take at least five or ten times through before you're getting most of the sentences. You'll find some that are hard. Hammer those ones over and over, but don't totally neglect the rest while you do. Again, get to the point where you're doing reasonably well on this before going on to the next step, which is 3B, large-scale memorization. Once you've got most of the sentences, try to move on to paragraphs. Again, some will be easy and some hard. Try to understand exactly why this sentence follows that one. In most cases, the ritual does make sense. An individual paragraph is almost always trying to express a single coherent thought in pieces. Figure out what that thought is and why all the pieces are necessary. Keep at this until you're able to get most paragraphs, by glancing at the first word or two, or by thinking, okay, this is the description of truth, or something like that. Finally, start putting it all together. This is where the structural analysis in step two gets important. You visualized the speech and figured out how it hooks together. Use that visualization to connect the paragraphs. Make sure you have some clue why each paragraph follows the one before. In almost every case, the next paragraph is either A, continuing this thought, or B, moving on to a related thought. In both cases, you can make memorization much easier by understanding why it flows like that. Convince yourself that this paragraph obviously has to follow that one, and you'll never forget the order. Smoothing it out, number four. You're now at the point where you've got pretty much all the sentences down and most of the paragraphs, and you're able to get through the whole thing only looking at the book a few times. Now start saying it. When you're driving in the car, when you're home alone, pretty much any time you have some privacy, try saying it all out loud at full voice. Trust me, it sounds very different when you actually say it aloud. You'll find that you stumble more and in different places. Some words turn out to be more difficult to pronounce than you expected. Try it a few times. 
Start out by trying to do this frequently, once, even twice a day. It'll be hard at first, and it's a real pain to pull out the cipher book while you're driving, but it'll gradually get easier. When you're starting to feel comfortable, slow down, but don't stop. Practice it every couple of days, then every week. Don't slow down below once a week. If you feel up to it, see if you can speed up your recitation. But do not ever speed talk the ritual in open lodge. That's for memorization and rehearsal only. 5A, Mindset. The last part. You're now at the point where you pretty much have the ritual memorized. Now the trick is learning how to perform it well. Very nearly everyone has some amount of stage fright. Us acting types often have it even worse than most. The trick to overcoming it is to control the nerves. Now that you're comfortable reciting the ritual, observe how you do it. By now, you're not thinking about it so much. Your mouth is doing almost all the work, with the conscious mind simply making a few connections between paragraphs. That is the right state to be in. Think about how that feels and learn it. Before you go in to perform, do some basic acting exercises. Take a few deep breaths. Concentrate on not thinking. I think the ideal is a little light meditation, but it takes a fair bit of practice to be able to drop into that state on demand. For now, just worry about being calm. Being calm is far more important than anything else. If you're calm, you're unlikely to screw up too badly. If you're tense, you're far more likely to. Some people like to exercise the body a bit to relax the mind. You should do whatever works for you. 5B, acting. Now the final nuance, which separates merely competent ritual from the really good stuff. Now that you're able to let your mouth do all the talking, start listening to yourself. Think about the ritual again, but don't think about the words. Think about what it means. What are the important bits? Emphasize those. How could you use your body or hands to illustrate a point? Try talking to the person in front of you, not just at them. Look them in the eye and make them get the point. You are teaching an important lesson here. Try to capture a little of the emotion intensity of that importance. Think of your performance as a melding of two parts. Your mouth is providing the words, your mind and heart the emotion. Again, nothing beats practice. This is what rehearsal should really be for, taking a dummy candidate in hand and learning how to really get the point across. Don't fret if you find that you need to change modes now and then. Here and there you will need to think about the words briefly when you change paragraphs or hit a hard sentence. That won't throw you though, so as long as you keep track of what you're saying, you've already figured out why each part leads into the next and that will guide you when you stumble. In conclusion, don't expect to get all this down instantly. It takes most people a few years to really get good at it. Just try to advance yourself bit by bit. Learn the transitions and pieces first. If you have that, you can get through the ritual. Next time, work on memorizing more thoroughly. The time after that, work on getting it really smooth. After a while, you can build up to the point where you have the luxury to act. And at that point, you will find that you start doing the kind of ritual that masonry is meant to have, both moving and interesting. Enough so that the candidate, who is remember the whole point, actually learns what you're saying and what it actually means. And if you really do it well, you'll find that you come to understand the meaning of the ritual a good deal better yourself. The following articles are all from the October 2015 Southern California Research Lodge Fraternal Review. And the focus of this issue was on ritual. So the first article is titled, Opinion, Ritual as a Significant and Meaningful Experience, by Dr. Alan Fader. 
In some U.S. states, a group of men become Master Masons in a one-day class by watching exemplars go through each degree. Proponents of this approach argue that modern life can be too busy and demanding for men to take the degrees one at a time over a period of months, and the quality of the ritual can be better than it is in some lodges. Opponents argue that the depth and meaning of the ritual is lost in this process. A similar dialogue has occurred over several issues of Freemasons New Zealand. Key players in this dialogue are Brother Di Gilbertson, a Mason of three years who did presentations with focus groups in spring of 2013, advocating shorter rituals and group initiation ceremonies. Worshipful Brother George Allen, chair of the National Education Committee, supported Gilbertson's views with detailed arguments in September 2013, and very worshipful Brother Aon G. Dryden disagreed in a December letter favoring the longer version of ritual, a view supported with considerable detail in the article below from March 2014. Regarding the craft and membership problems, I keep hearing, be progressive, retain new members, make the craft more modern, etc. The answers offered are always the same. Update or change the ritual, make it more relevant to modern society. This is a, quote, ambulance at the bottom of the cliff, unquote. It's trying to solve the problem when the right problem hasn't been identified. Declining membership is just a symptom. It's obvious. If men join the craft, then leave, it's because when they get in, expectations aren't met. The common sense thing is to find out why men join, what were or are their expectations before joining the craft, and deliver on that, if it fits. From the outside, Freemasonry has a sense of mystery and wonder, that there is something valuable to be gained from membership. People simply don't get this when they get in. They get ritual delivered in superficial, rote ways, often even jokingly. The ongoing trend of wanting to change in line with society to retain members isn't working. The way to grow Freemasonry is to reconnect it with its deeper purpose. What men join for? The answer is to not change things and not in the ways proposed. The answer is to understand more deeply what Freemasonry is at its core. More people these days are becoming dissatisfied with the shallowness of modern life and are looking to reconnect with deeper, more fundamental truths. As a Mason of less than three years, I agree wholeheartedly with very worshipful brother Aon G. Dryden's letter published in December 13 of the issue of the New Zealand Freemason. Don't judge all initiates on the findings of breakout groups attending Brother Gilbertson's talks. Even if one did, the advantages point out in worshipful brother Dr. George Allen's article also have many disadvantages. I know many new or young Masons who are in the order for reasons of personal, spiritual, or philosophical development. Maybe those in the focus groups mentioned have similar reasons. Simply because a person knows what they want doesn't mean they know how to get it. I couldn't attend Brother Di Gilbertson's address, but I've read Dr. George Allen's article and can say without a doubt that 60 minutes is too long for unmonitored and unfacilitated groups to say on subject. One may think that this amount of time gives in-depth answers. It doesn't. Freemasonry has for centuries delivered practical, personal, spiritual, and philosophical advancement. Trends change, people don't. We're fundamentally the same physically and psychologically as we were thousands, even millions of years ago. What was true for people then, transcendent of culture, is the same now, in the same way as our lower and higher needs, then are the same now. Freemasonry transcends time and culture. This begs the question, what is truth of Freemasonry? This is what's at the core of our order, the search for fundamental, unchanging truth. 
It's because of the use of ever-changing cultural lenses being used to change or update Freemasonry that the craft is actually in decline. I'll make a bold statement. I think New Zealand ritual is too PC, politically correct, compared with older, more traditional ritual. And it's this that has been contributory to declining membership. Freemasonry is an oratory organization. People live their lives through language. In the beginning was the word, Genesis. Words and magic were in the beginning one and the same thing, and even today words retain much of their magical power, Sigmund Freud. We make sense of the world and ourselves through the internal languages of mind. We create meaning through language. Our new Grand Master touched on the importance of meaning in his opening installation address. We communicate meanings through spoken language, and language communication is a complex field. People join Lions, Rotary, etc. Candidates are initiated into Freemasonry. Candidate, Latin, candidatus, meaning white-robed, as in the first-degree apron. Candidate, aspirant, seeker, inquirer, entrant. These meanings imply someone who has not got something and is looking to learn, but learning comes after initiation. Initiation, Latin, initiate, begun, from the verb initiare, initium, beginning, act of starting something new, initiate, to begin, commence, start, induce, launch, induct. Search all synonyms for initiation. Nowhere does it say to learn. To chop up our ritual is suggested by Worshipful Brother George Allen, September 2013, so that initiates can learn as they go defeats the very purpose of the ceremony. The purpose of initiation is to prepare the candidate in his mind, body, and soul for transformation, to put the candidate outside of his comfort zone. This is where growth occurs. Why? Because psychological impact is necessary to create meaningfulness. Meaningfulness correlates to values. If a Mason's experience of Freemasonry has no meaning, they are bound to leave because there's no value. The third point in Worshipful Brother Allen's article, by its very nature, defeats the object of creating meaningfulness. Ceremonies must create emotional impact. A definition of emotion is felt meaning. It's the embodiment of what's going on in our mind. It also informs mind systematically. If emotions felt by a candidate are superficial, this will be the meaning he forms of Freemasonry. Does that contribute to the growth of Freemasonry or trivialize it? Ritual ought to be delivered so it takes the candidate on an emotionally charged roller coaster, a metaphorical journey of transformation. Worshipful brother Bob Lancaster's article, December 2013, expresses this. The term ritual has its own meanings. The verb of ritual relates to a significant rite of passage. Do candidates come away from our ceremonies feeling they've been through a transformational rite of passage or a confusing fiasco before getting to the whiskey and refectory? The purpose of ritual isn't to learn. Learning comes over years after. The purpose is to have a significant and meaningful experience. The overwhelming feeling that accompanies the ceremony is part of what makes for a powerful emotional experience. It's necessary. If candidates are not properly prepared, they will be ill-prepared to have their contemplation guided to that most interesting of all human studies, the knowledge of yourself. Worshipful brother Bob Lancaster's opinion illustrates this in depth and the point regarding the unchanging truth that's at the core of Freemasonry. If men are initiated into Masonry by those without a proper understanding of the language or meaning of the ritual, are they qualified to update it? This dilutes the craft to the point where truths are lost. The craft suffers and we speak of superficial change. 
This is not the answer. There's a correlation in the dateline in Worshipful Brother Lancaster's article and the editor's comment about the latest review of Ritual. Quote, If New Zealand Ritual was changed 70 years ago and the generation of initiates over the subsequent 20 years leveled out and then started to decline in their mid-60s, could the changing of Ritual then have caused that decline, which continues now? As Worshipful Brother Lancaster points out, Freemasonry's roots have an interesting blend of alchemical and scientific thinking. Today, we're strong in scientific thought, but lack alchemical and philosophical. I agree with Worshipful Brothers Allen's concepts over the past issues of Freemasons magazine and confess to being an avid fan of his work. But the September article and reports from Brother Gilbertson's lecture has prompted concerns. To solve the problem of declining membership, the real problem has to be identified. I suspect the answer isn't about changing, but deeper understanding of timeless truth that is Freemasonry. Its purpose is to make good men better. The implication is that Freemasonry is better than we, and we need to allow it to change us, not us to change it. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org.